Good morning. We're we're um, we're doing our sermon today at New Life Camps, Camp Campus. Um, Pastor David Kuvel is not here today. You have me, Joanne, here today, giving you the sermon today. We're located at 1021 Center Street in Wapton, North Dakota. Our phone number is 701-642-3487. Um, and at the close of the sermon, I will give that information again. And if we have blessed you, if you need to talk to someone, please contact uh, Pastor Colfield this week and uh, speak to him. My text today is from, uh, the title of my uh, sermon today is Hope in a Hopeless Time. Hope in a Hopeless Time. The text is 1 Kings 17, 8 through 16. And this is one of the stories uh, in the life of Elijah, one of, one of uh, the miracles that took, part, took place in his life. And I'm reading from 1 Kings 17, 8 through 16. And this is the story of Elijah and the widow. And then the word came to him saying, Arise and go to Zephyrath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he arose and went to Zephyrath, and there he came to the gate of the city. And indeed... A widow was there gathering sticks, and he called to her and said, Please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, Please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. And then she said, As the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. And see, I'm gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare for myself and my son, that we may eat and die. And Elijah said to her, Do not fear and go. Do not fear, go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me, and afterwards make some for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, The bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the joy, the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. So when she went away and did according to the word of Elijah, and she and he and her household ate for many days, and the bin of flour was not used up, nor was the jar, the jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. Heavenly Father, I pray that you bless this word today, that, Lord, that your precious Holy Spirit would give me only the words that you would have me to say to minister to these, your people, in Jesus' name, amen. And as we, um, I always like to go through verse, verse by verse, um, when I do, uh, when I preach and, um, as we look at verse 8, the key, one of the key things that happens in this story is the word of the Lord came to him, came to Elijah and gave direction and told him what to do. And the same word of the Lord can come to us in our lives today and speak to us. His word is alive and speaks to us if we will listen 
and have an open heart. And if we have an open heart and we're walking with God, we will learn to hear the voice of God, which is almost the same as the word of the Lord speaking to us and giving us direction. And when a word, the word of the Lord comes to a person, uh, how, many, how many times in our lives do we need, really need a word from God, a word of direction, a word of um, assurance? The word of the Lord means to us today to know the voice of God and our situation, to have that answer to our problems we so desperately need. It means to have all of our doubts cast aside. The word of the Lord means to have a solid faith in our hearts to move on, to have a deep assurance in directing our path no matter what. No matter what we see and no matter how we live, situation to situation, if we have the word of the Lord in our hearts, we will have peace. In verse 10 we see, so he, so in verse 9 he, he obeyed the word of the Lord. And verse 10, he rose and came to the town. And when he came to the gate of the city, just as God said it would be, there was a widow there. And we see in verse 10, Elijah was fed by a widow. And this is so ironic because the widow was from the land of Queen Jezebel, his arch enemy, because she, um, she introduced to Israel, um, she made it even more um, definite and more important to worship the idols instead of the living God. God's help. We see, we see in this story that God's help can come from, from anywhere, from strange places we do not expect. No matter how hard our situation, we should look to God as our source. We should look to God for an answer. In verse 12, it says, And then she said to him, As the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin, and a little oil in a jar. And see, I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son, and that we may eat it and die. How desperate she was, what her plan was. These were very desperate times. There, were, there was no rain for three years. In this area and I'll have you notice that she she says she says to Elijah your God your God she does not honor this God she does not know this God she worships she worships idols that's all she knows but she does listen and through that we see she does have a measure of of faith we see in this verse a very desperate situation. Food is almost gone. Her child and her are about to give up and give up hope. Here God continues to work his plan, his will with a poor Gentile widow. 
the poorest of poors, poor people, because there was, in that culture, there was no place. There was no place for a widow to earn, um, to earn any living. She had to live off of whatever she, someone else gave her or begged. One who knows nothing of the living God, yet as we see, she has a measure of faith. She also trusted Elijah, a total stranger, a foreigner who didn't even believe in her gods. She gave her last, she, her last meal, she gave the first portion to him. Their cultures were at enmity with each other. And this required a, a, a uh, certain amount of faith to do this, to trust a stranger, to trust a strange God who was really the true and living God and give first to this man of God, a stranger, her last part of her, a portion of her last meal. And then, and then her plan was to eat her and her child and die. What an awful situation. What an awful situation to know that you were gonna die and your, and your flesh and blood, your child was going to die too because there was no more food. In verse 14, we see a covenant. That um, verse 14 says, For thus says the Lord God of Israel. The, this is a promise from God. The bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry. And the day the Lord until the day the Lord sends rain on earth. This was a solid promise from God. And then we see in 15, so she went away and did according to the word of Elijah. She and he and her household ate for many days. People, can you envision this? People were starving, dying around her, and, and God had promised to her household for her obeying Elijah that she would still have food. By this act of faith, this woman received the promised blessing. Israel had forsaken the covenant, and yet we see a woman that worships idols adhering to the promise of God, listening to God, listening to the man of God that represents, that speaks to her. Now in the midst of this pagan kingdom, a widow realized the trustful obedience to the word of God is the way that leads to life. And now everyone was dealing with famine because of Israel's flawed decisions. In verse 16, it says, and here's the miracle, the jar of flour and the jug of oil God miraculously provided for his non-Israelite, for this non-Israelite who, in the act of faith, in the Lord's word, had laid down, laid down her life and her son's life on the line to listen to, to, as far as she was concerned, to listen to the man Elijah. And I think the Holy Spirit must have had um, a great deal to do with this. I think the Holy Spirit must have touched her heart, and she must have, against all that she knew, and her culture, she realized that Elijah was speaking the truth. Elijah was speaking the truth. And she was not caught up, caught up in the rest of 
the panic with the rest of the people, she listened to Elijah, and she had peace. And so we, we see come to pass a prediction, a prophecy, if you will, from Deuteronomy 32, 21. They, they have roused my jealousy by worshiping things that are not God. They have provoked my anger with their useless idols. And do we, do, do we not do this in America? Have we not, have we not in, in many ways, grieved God by the things that we're doing in, in America today in our society? Have we not grieved his heart that we have, we have turned away from God? We are in the process of turning away from God and calling good evil and evil good? I'd like to, um, I'd like to give you a quote from Christopher Reeves. And many of us, um, the older generation, remember who he is. He was an actor, and you might remember him from a movie called Superman, the original Superman, if you will. And in 1995, at the age of 42, Reeve was paralyzed from the shoulders down in a horseback riding accident. He actually got thrown. Um, his horse. And he says this, when we hope, we discover powers within ourselves we may have never known. The power to make sacrifices, the power to endure, the power to heal, the power to love. Once you choose hope, anything's possible. Now he, excuse me. Now this wasn't simple words with this man. He had a struggle within himself to find hope to go on. Being paralyzed from the weight, from the shoulders down, he had a struggle for hope. His body was probably in pain. He had he had lost much, 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 you could probably say 95% of his freedom. For him to say these words, it had to come from his heart. But I would like to note here, it is important to realize what your source of hope is. It shouldn't be in yourself. Your source of hope should not be in others. Your source, source of hope should not be in situations. Why? Why? Why not? Because these things change. People change. Situations change. We change because we are human. We, because all these things change, can and will change, we do have a choice, though. We can choose one of these options, ourselves, others, or situations, or we can choose God. And sometimes when things get difficult, hope is a challenge. It is, it is um, almost a battle of a lifetime to have hope when you're challenged 
by many things. Sometimes in life, when you've lived any amount of time on this earth, it is a battle to have hope in our situations. I'd like to read a quote from the Essential Guide for Spiritual Welfare from Neil Anderson. And it says, we can even say that we have all the resources we need to win every battle, every, every battle, including the battle of hope. The only question is whether or not we will fight the battle the Lord's way, using what, his weapons, using his armor and his strategy that come from him or what we decide to do. In Judges 6, 7, it's, it has the story. Uh, it details the story of Gideon. He was of the tribe of Manasseh, the, last of all his, the least of all his family, and his family was the weakest in the whole tribe. So there was many people that would seriously doubt that God could ever use him or his family or the tribe. But we see in Judges 6.16, it says, But the angel said to Judges, said to Gideon in Judges 6.16, I will be with you, and you will strike down all the Midianites together. Now the word of the Lord came to Gideon. And so they defeated and then we see to come to pass that they defeated the whole army with only 300 men. And what were they armed with? They were armed with torches, clay pots, and trumpets. That was God's plan. And to humans, that wouldn't look like anything much. That wouldn't look like anything that should bring the battle. But God's plan was to use these things and strike fear into the enemy's heart. And when you go to war and, and your enemy has fear in the heart, the troops, the, the men have, have fear struck in their hearts, you are sure to win. So with only 300 men, we see that Gideon run, won the battle. Because God, because God is God, and he can do anything with much or little to his glory. And I'm saying that again because it's really important for us to remember. Because God is God, and he can do anything with much or little to his glory. Amen. Amen. Or... We have the option to do things our way. We can choose to fight the battle by ourselves and bear the consequences. And there are examples of that too in the Bible. At the battle of Ai, Israel did their homework. They studied the enemy and went to battle. The only thing they didn't do was consult God. To their great surprise and dismay they were soundly defeated every time we decide to make decisions without consulting God we are setting ourselves up for defeat 
And we have certain things that we have that God has given us to win any battle. Our relationship with God, our relationship with his word, and the power and belief in, in eternal life through the Lord Jesus Christ. Our hope can be unshakable. Our hope can be unshakable. First of all, we have, we have hope in God. Hope in God, Romans 15, 13 says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And I want you to notice here that the source of our hope is the Holy Spirit. And then there's scripture in six, Psalm 62, 5 through 7, and it says, this, is what, this was the Psalms written by King, King David. And we know that he was a, a man after God's own heart. And it says, find rest, O my soul, and God alone. My hope comes from him. We are to find rest in God, not the things of this world, because they are fleeting. We are to find rest in God, and God alone. Because my hope comes from him. Verse 6 says, He alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. He is the rock that we can stand on. When we envision a rock, we think of something that is immovable, that will not break down, that is not fragile, that will stand the test of time. And he alone is our rock. He alone is our salvation. We cannot put our trust and our hope in anything else for eternal life. It is in the Lord Jesus Christ. He is my fortress, and I will not be shaken. The word says that if we put our hope and our trust in God, we will make it. We will not be shaken. Verse 7 says, My salvation and my honor depend on God. He is my mighty rock and my refuge. My honor depends on God. Again, he is my rock and my refuge. When we're at the end of our rope, we know how, where else to go. When we, we do not know which way to turn, he, God, can be our, self, our salvation and our refuge if we will turn to him. And basically, the psalmist is saying, God is his all in all. God is his all in all. We look at Hebrews 6, 18b through 19, which says, and um, the author is making a point here, when he says, therefore, therefore we who have fled to him for refuge can and have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. We can have great confidence in God when we flee to him. 
for refuge. We hold on to the hope that is because he is our source of hope. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. And I decided to look up the, the definition of hope. The definition of hope is to expect with confidence. And the definition, the definition of trust is reliance, faith, confidence, a confident hope. So you see that these two words are interchangeable. And the point that I'd like to make today is we, do, we cannot have hope in someone or something unless we trust that someone or something. We cannot have trust in that someone or something if we do not hope in them. Okay? So if we do not trust in God, we will not have hope in him. And if we do not hope in God, we will not have trust in him. So those two things work together in our relationship with God. We must have hope. We must trust him so that we have a solid hope. Because God is truth, you can be secure in his promise. You don't need to wonder if he will change his plans. God will not change his plans. He is bound by his word. What, he, what his word says, he will do. Our hope is secure, immovable, anchored in God, just as a ship's anchor holds firmly to the seabed. To the true seeker who comes to God and believe, God gives unconditional promise, an unconditional promise of acceptance. When you ask God with openness, honesty, and sincerity to save you from your sins, he will do it. This truth should give you encouragement, assurance, and confidence. He not only will do this for salvation in our lives, but he does this for the rest of our lives. He will also be there for you in every life situation. If you're in need of hope to keep on going, if you need hope this morning to keep on going, trust God, ask God. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and he will not fail you. He will not fail you. So we talked about hope in God, and then the second point I had was hope in, in God's word. Psalms 119.43 says, Do not snatch the word of truth from my mouth, for I have put my hope in your laws. We also can put hope in God's word. And it's, God's word is called here the word of truth. It's truth through our life and to our spirit and to our soul. Psalms 119, says, Thou art my hiding place and my shield. I hope in thy word. Thou art my hiding place and my shield. I hope in thy word. Psalms 119, says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. It shows, far, it shows forth in the darkness, the darkness of life when we're confused and we don't know what to do. God's word 
is a lamp unto our feet to show us the path. God's word is a light to show us the right way to go. And Psalms 103.5 says, I will wait for the Lord, my soul waits. In his word, I put my hope. And the third, the third point I want to make today is to hope in eternal life. John 17.3 says, Now this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Psalm 16.11 says, You have made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence with eternal pleasures at your right hand. God can make known to us when we walk with him the ways to go, the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence and with eternal pleasures at your right hand. There's joy in the presence of God. There, in the presence of God, there's nothing to match anything, anything like it on earth. To be in the presence of God, there are eternal pleasures at his hand, pleasures that last for eternity. John 5.24 says, I will tell you the truth. Whoever hears my word and believes in God who sent me has eternal life and will not be condemned, for he has crossed over from death to life. This is, my friend, this is a, a promise from God, from God's word that you can bank on this morning. Because in black and white it says there that you have passed over from death into life if you believe on Lord Jesus Christ. John 14, 1, 1 and 2 says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust, hope in God. Trust also in Jesus in my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I am going there to prepare a place for you. And this is a promise from, from Lord Jesus that he, he cared, God cared so much for us. That he loved us so much. He, he, he yearns, for, he longs for us to be with him and fellowship with him and he cares about us that he sent Jesus to die on a cross for us there will never be another Jesus there will never be another time ever on earth that someone will sacrifice themselves on a cross and it would be a covering for our sin there is only one Christ the anointed one the Messiah I'd like to read you a true story from um, a book of illustrations that I, I uh, refer to a lot by Craig Larson. And it's entitled Death. It's entitled Death. There are 27 people that are banking on the idea that modern science will someday find or engineer a fountain of youth. These 27 people, all deceased, are quote-unquote 
patients of Alcor Life Extension Institute in Scottsdale, Arizona, where their bodies or merely their heads, this is very weird, have been frozen in liquid nitrogen at a minus 320 degrees Fahrenheit, awaiting the day when medical science discovers a way to make death and aging a thing of the past. Now we all know that all of us are gonna die. We are all mortal. There is no one that is going to last forever, immortal. We are all going to die. But apparently, um, you know, there are people, and no one wants to die. Most people don't want to die. But apparently, there are people that will go to extensive ways to figure out a way not to die, okay? So 10 of these patients have paid $120,000 $120,000 to have their entire body frozen. And 17 of these patients have paid $50,000 to have only their head frozen, hoping that molecular technology will one day be able to grow a whole new body from their head or its cells. Okay? It sounds like science fiction, but it's called cryonics. And this will, not, I, this will not happen, folks, because all of us do end up dying. Our spirit belongs to the Lord. He created us. He created us body, body soul, and spirit. And this, this will not happen because he is God. And when he calls our spirit to be home with him, we are, the spirit is leaving as you can imagine, cryonics has had its share of critics and skeptics. All of course, and of course, Steve, Stephen Bridge, the president of Alcor, cautions we have to tell people that we don't even really know if this will work yet. So these people, these 27 people who have passed away have spent all this money, and yet the president of this company has to say has to say and has to say we don't even know if this will work nevertheless thomas mr thomas donaldson a 50 year old 50 year old member of alcor who hasn't yet died hasn't taken advantage of his services brushed aside the naysayers and explained to a reporter why he is willing to take cryonics a try for some strange reason i like being alive I don't want to die, okay, guys? So none of us really, really, really want to die. None of us really do. But it is in the cards in our life. For those like Donaldson, Mr. Donaldson, who like being alive, God has good news, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ, has risen from the dead with the eternal resurrection body. Jesus has conquered death. Perhaps Mr. Donaldson has never heard of this. Jesus, Jesus has conquered death once and for all. And all those who believe in Jesus will someday also be raised from the dead with an, an eternal resurrection body. Jesus is the only sure hope of eternal life. 
we see Mr. Donaldson has put his hope and a solution, his hope and his money, a solution for eternal life that they haven't even discovered yet. And I'm talking about whichever way he decides to do it, it's either 120000 or 50000 for him to pay them. And they have not even discovered a way to do it yet. So I'm, I'm telling you this morning, he has put his hope and his money in the wrong thing. Because scriptures say there's only way, one way that we have eternal life. And we do, we do, our spirit does live after we die. So we have choices to make. We always have choices to make. And we also have a hope in what God has done for you. If you have walked it with God at all in the past, if you're aware of the things that happen in your life, the split section, second things that sometimes mean life or death to us, God has done things for us in the past. Not of anything that we have done in this life helped us to wake up this morning. We woke up this morning, we got out of bed, we rolled out of bed, happy or grumpy, but we did run, roll out of bed. And we did, we were, were, we were able to breathe this morning. Our hearts and our lungs were working. Isaiah 45, 21 says, Declare what is to be. Present it. Let them take counsel together. Who foretold this long ago? Who declared it from the distant past? Was it not I, Lord? And there was no God apart from me, a righteous God and a Savior. There is none but me. There is none but me. And somewhere, someone needs to hear this this morning. I have a simple story that uh, happened to me a couple of weeks ago with my grandchild. I have a grandchild. Her name is Evie. We're call her full name is Evelyn, but we call her Evie. And she was sick, and she was home. And Grandma had to come and watch her because Daddy was working downstairs. And um, we were in the house because she couldn't go to daycare, so Grandma had to come. And it's just a simple story. But um, we uh, all of a sudden, we were just running around. Evelyn likes to run around when she's feeling pretty well. And she was running around the house. And I was in the kitchen. I was behind a pillar. And she didn't see me. And she came around the corner, and I went, boo. Well, well, we started a game. We played hide-and-seek. Hide and so a couple times, she came around the corner. She knew I was there, and I would go, boo. So then I decided to move to the living room where she couldn't see me. So she came around the corner this time, and Grandma wasn't there. So her little voice is going, Grandma, 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 Grandma. And I was in the living room, and I knew that if I didn't speak, she wouldn't know I was there. But then God was speaking to my heart. He showed me in my heart, I love that little one so much. 
I loved that little one so much as a grandma that I could not, I could not not yell out to her, Evie, 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 so she could find me. I could not bear as a grandmother, and I'm just a human, but I could not bear for her not to know that I was still there, that I had not deserted her, that I, I love her so much that I could not stop to not call out to her. And God and this Holy Spirit spoke to my heart and said so many times, God cannot bear not to hear from you, not to hear from one of us. God, in his heart, his heart of hearts, his perfect heart of love, he yearns for you to know that he is there for you, that he will not abandon you, that he still cares for you, despite what anyone else says. In your world, there is a God that cares for you. There is a God that loves you more, more than anyone on this earth can love you. And even with a better love, if I can say that, a perfect love, because you were created by him. And in his heart of hearts, he yearns to hear from you. And he yearns for you to know how much he cares for you. And this widow, in the story of Elijah's life, she knew in her heart of heart that whoever she was worshiping in those famine days, in those desperate days, wasn't the real God. Wasn't the real God. Because when Elijah spoke to her, she knew in her heart. She obeyed. She didn't question. She knew in her heart. This man, even though... She called the Lord God of Israel your God. This man knew the real God, the one and true and only God. This man knew that God. And God knew her heart because he did not send her to another widow. He sent her to her. And she just, she just by God's divine plan she happened to be there when Elijah went to town walked into town and God has a divine plan for all of us he has a divine plan for all of us I'd like to I'd like to um, um, repeat some of the uh, some of the course from great is thy faithfulness Because this is the God that I know. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. This song is based on a verse, two verses from Lamentations, Lamentations 3, 22 through 23, which says, His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. With that, I'd like to, I'd like to close.
And I'd like to pray for anyone out there that needs prayer. Heavenly Father, we just come to you in the precious holy name of Jesus. Lord, I pray that the words that I've spoken today, the, the sermon that I've had here today, that it would bring hope to someone. Lord, I pray that people would be restored. Lord, all they have to do is pray and ask you into their heart and, and tell, tell you, Lord God, that Jesus is their Savior. Ask him to forgive you, have, have you forgive them of their sins and make Jesus king of their life. And if you have prayed, to, amen, and if you have prayed that prayer, if you sought God out, if my, if what if I, what, something that I've said today has touched your heart, please contact Pastor Kufel at New Life. And his phone number is 701-642-3487. We are located in Wapiton, North Dakota. The street address is 1021 Center Street. God bless you and take care. And we will hopefully we will see you next week. God be with you. Amen. <laughs>